what we do here is go back, 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 back. Hello and welcome back to Unfiltered Tips, where myself, Kath, and my friend Rachel share our experiences as PhD students in the UK. Each episode will bring you updates from our lives in and out of the lab, as well as discussing a topic relevant to PhD life in more depth. And this week we wanted to be a bit reflective and think back to the ever-optimistic women and younger scientists who started out on the PhD journey and what we'd like to tell them now. Hopefully our advice um, will resonate with you if you're a current student or maybe it'll be helpful if you're thinking about starting out on the PhD journey yourself. Um, but first, let's find out how things are going. So Rachel, um, how have you got any highlights or lowlights from the last two weeks you'd like to share with us? Um, I'm sort of in the thick of writing uh, a lit review and um, a project proposal. Um, for yeah. <laughs> uh, so I haven't actually I haven't got too many highlights I'd say because apart from um, apart from that uh, I mean I, I did a journal club I did my first journal club this uh, in this last few weeks and uh, I think it, it went okay um, yeah what, what was the paper okay. about was it interesting paper um, yeah yeah it was a it was a nice paper um, just intestinal immunity payers patches our, our journal club paper this week is pretty rogue. It's about uh, obesity and the effect on uh, like immune infiltrate in tumours. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just got nothing to do with what any of us study. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes for, you know, an interesting journal club. I, don't, I actually yeah. personally feel I'm very strongly uh, of the opinion that I need to be kind of learning stuff that's immunology based as well as in like I want to yeah read more broadly do some like physics as well or something or some like bio biomechanics like so um, yeah, yeah I get you yeah the the lit review is quite a draw uh quite a process isn't it like I just think it's just it's so draining <laughs> and you have to do it right at the start and it just whacks all your self-esteem out of you <laughs> It feels a bit endless at the moment, I have to say. Um, mm. But once I get it handed in, I'll, yeah. I'll feel a lot better. Um, <laughs> I guess a funny, funny uh, failure of the week is just dropping not an ice box like a box of ice, not once but twice, <laughs> for the same reason as when I was carrying it at the top edge of it, and a bit of the polystyrene just broke in my hand. Oh no! The whole box was dropped on the floor. Not only that, but the second time I had tools in it and like they were in a glass beaker and the glass beaker, of course, broke. So, you know, ice is not a problem to clear up. Ice plus glass. That is an issue. Significant. It's a bit of an issue. Um, And was, uh, yeah, a bit more of a challenge. But anyway, we got through it. We didn't panic. (laughs) Did you have to like sweep it all in and put it in a sieve and just like wait for the ice to melt? I did um I did put it in the sink yeah and let the let the ice melt um I had to get kindly reminded to um take the glass out of the sink if you have a sink. <laughs> <laughs> oh but you know um remembering to take things out the sink so we have these like buckets in our tissue culture room which we like put back on in and like put all of our like used strippettes and tips and stuff into the buckets I like left my bucket on the side of the sink 
for I think two weeks before I remembered that I needed to clean it up and someone was like Cal this is your bucket like you need to clean this up and I was like oh sorry I forgot (laughs) yeah yes yeah it's rubbish it's a bit rubbish when you like forget stuff like that because I'm always like oh like you want to keep the environment nice for everyone else you want to know the worst thing I left out was an antibody like I forgot to put it back and they're shared stocks and they're meant to be at minus 20 and it's just like (laughs) all day (laughs) I put a little bit of like autoclave tape on it being like I accidentally left this out like in tidy writing with my tiny like tiny end of my sharpie um so people wouldn't like use it if it was a critical experiment I am um, speaking of antibodies minus 20 and minus 20s I am um, I actually highlight of the week was uh, maybe today I've got, got an exciting package of metal conjugation kits oh my gosh hopefully be doing that post lit review um yeah I've heard it's like not the worst process in the world it's just quite long <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably a very accurate description, as in, like, not the worst process in the world. Yeah, um, it's a, it is quite long. It's a lot of spins and a lot of washes. Um, Sounds like just but, regular old cycle prep. It's just a lot of spins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like um, a lot of eluting stuff through a column. Speaking of cycle, my cycle my worked for the first Whoa, time. This Rachel. is big. This is big news. Anyone else hearing this doesn't understand how many times I hear. It did not work. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had over two million events at the end of the day, which is oh, amazing. amazing. That's that's and, incredible. Yeah, and they, I only put four antibodies on, which I'm aware is not the primary use of Cytoff, but <laughs> but that's just uh, a joke in your lap, right? <laughs> yeah, but it was a test and it worked and it looks great. Um I can nice. see the the two different populations I put in, I can see them really clearly. So that was pretty exciting. Um, it was like it came on the like the results. I got them on like a Friday afternoon, and I was having not the worst week. And I was like, "Oh, this is great! Like I've actually had an okay week this week. I've got good results. Everything's going okay." Um, but then I felt a bit more down this week. Um, I think I just like spending a lot of time trying to plan the next few months of experiments. Um, I'm not really doing experiments and I don't know like something about planning experiments makes me think that I'm not actually doing any work um Mm. and then I kind of get all caught up in thinking oh I'm not doing any work and everyone else is doing loads of work and maybe I'm just super lazy (laughs) and stuff like that so um that's like been quite hard to manage those thoughts Uh, yeah just Mm. being super like feeling like I'm really lazy but I don't think that's the case um I mean, it's not the case. <laughs> your, your track record with everything else would suggest it's not the case at all. I just want to. I just wanted to think before I do the next experiments, like work out which is the smartest thing to do. But, um, I mean, that's a valuable thing to do, right? Mm, yeah, been asked to write methods uh, for some uh, for a bit of work I've done for a paper, and like actually, like I remember like thinking about like how we talked about imposter syndrome last time. But like that made me feel like such an imposter. I was like, I don't think I should be writing these methods. I don't know how to write methods. And um, literally nobody else knows what I did. Like I did it. Exactly. You're the only so. person who can do it. So. <laughs> You're the one who did it, Cal. So you should know how to write it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's kind of just saying what you did, right? 
in a structured logical yeah, way. <laughs> like, I don't know if you found this when you're trying to explain your code in like English. It's quite hard to like look at your code and think like, ah oh, yes, now I must produce sentences about what I did. <laughs> I imported these functions. <laughs> I use these packages. Yeah, like I use these packages. <laughs> this is the data I put into it um an interesting experiment I actually did just hear back today um and like my PI has just added like one citation um and he said it was good to go so I've sent it back to the person that asked for well, it that sounds pretty good I know I was really all shocked that, all that all that imposter syndrome for, for I know all of that for nothing and yeah I like walked around feeling so stressed about it for like two weeks <laughs> like yeah it's all good. See? You're smashing it, Cal. Yeah, it turns out um, I basically got my like colleague suggested before I sent it to class, I like had a look at a couple other papers that like had written kind of around similar stuff and just made sure it sounded the same. Um, and then I was like, wait, which journal is this going to? And then like use the EndNote like site where you write plugin. It was like, right, scroll through all the different ways of citing things. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's the right format. <laughs> Nice, nice. I mean, I use um Zotero, not EndNote. Uh, I just use EndNote because that's what like I had as an undergrad, and I like it, and I didn't want to like change. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I don't Fair. know. I've heard that basically all the citation managers are the same. The last thing you want to do is change midway through. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as mentioned at the start of our podcast, um, we wanted to have a chat um, about the advice we'd give our past pre-PhD selves about doing PhD. Um, so Rachel, why don't you kick us off with kind of the first thing you wanted to tell your past self? <laughs> the first one I wrote, I've got written down is it's okay to ask for help. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, I don't have that written down, so that's, that's interesting. But primarily... Um, yeah, one, I'm I'm learning the value of this a lot now. Just ask the question if you're unsure. And I should have done this way more in my uh, master's year as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Realise you need help as well. I think sometimes it's very easy to go about struggling and then you, you're like finding everything really hard. You're like, why am I finding it so hard? And then it's just because you need some help and it's okay to ask for that. Yeah, it's kind of a bit of like that Dunning-Kruger effect, isn't it? Like, there's a point where you don't realise you need help and then you start realising you need help and, like, that can be a big, like, oh, I thought I was good and now I'm actually needing all this help and that's quite hard to take. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, humbling, to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know, I think, like, it also depends on lab vibes a bit, but the, all the postdocs in my lab with like really happily answer any questions I have for them I don't know if it's just the same do you have postdocs yeah um, yeah we do we have one um and she's always very happy to she's always very happy to help and so is everyone else in the lab who's like yeah slightly more experienced PhD student than I am in fact you know yeah <laughs> very much more experienced PhD student than I am yeah it's balancing that with like yeah I, I tell myself it's okay to ask for help because I think if I'm asking for help I'm just a terrible scientist mm. basically and I don't know what I'm doing um yeah 
you know but I think on that like even stuff that you knew how to do before you joined like I knew how to do a western block before I joined the lab I'm in but running a western block in the lab I'm in is completely different than the last lab so I had to ask how to do everything again because they Mm -hmm. use different buffers and they use different gels and they use different equipment it's just like so I think also like even if you feel like it's something you should know how to do um how about you what's your what's what have you got written down so my first one is um the PhD is a long game don't stress out about not getting things done in your first year and then in brackets of root you have literally watched three people now get most of their data in the last year so (laughs) um I think I definitely felt that quite acutely when we got like kicked out for lab because of the pandemic um and I was like oh it's like a wasted year and like I'm not going to have anything I'm not going to be able to like complete my PhD in time and kind of just being reminded by like the two students that I've seen complete in my own lab plus a really close friend of mine the bulk of their thesis is their final year data and it's like so hard to believe and even now it's hard to believe but I know it's true yeah <laughs> yeah it is I mean I keep hearing this too and uh yeah one day I will also see it <laughs> <laughs> probably we'll probably see it when we're in our fourth year and like yeah <laughs> it's all coming together and you're like oh I see now like I was kind of stressing for no reason but yeah I don't it's difficult is I think I'm in the thick of like that bit where you're like just really unsure of yourself and questioning everything <laughs> um uh-huh. and I'm hoping that goes away at some point yeah I hope it will for you as well <laughs> I think I still have moments of it but like not constant what have you got written down as your second one I have if it feels impossible do it anyway oh uh, I think like so, so I think some people might just might say oh um like believe you can do anything or whatever or you can do anything um uh but um I tend to think that doesn't work for me because as, try, as hard as I try uh I just cannot believe that I can do just can do it in fact yeah. often I'm the complete opposite I just think I can't <laughs> and because I think then think like this oh I just can't do it I won't be able to do it um the way I have to get around that is just saying uh if it feels impossible if it feels like you can't do it mm. it doesn't matter how you like just go and do it anyway and see what happens <laughs> um yeah kind of fake yeah. it till you make it sort of thing yeah yeah uh another yeah that kind of thing I suppose um that helps that well that helps me a lot day to day that is really helpful that's really cool what's your what's your second one unless you have anything else to say about that one any valuable Um, deep comments to make (laughs) I mean I don't know I feel like it's though it's a deep idea like I think about it because I have what I like I've termed perfectionism procrastination so if I think something's not going to go perfectly, then I won't do it. Um, so it's been quite a hurdle to get over that because it's like, well, actually, science is the process of repetitive failure. <laughs> Two writers. <laughs> and so 
if you're procrastinating because something you don't think it's going to go perfectly, well, you're not going to discover anything scientific if all your experiments go perfectly the first time. Like, I don't know, the point of science is it's false survival, that it doesn't work, that you can't, that you prove it wrong. So like having perfectionism, procrastination is not, is my big challenge, but I like that, like just having a go, just doing it anyway, even if you think it's not going to work, even if you think it's impossible, like that's kind of how science works, even at it's bare bones, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What have you got next? I've got success can't and shouldn't be measured in hours worked. Um, and this can be especially hard when trying to relate to people with regular jobs. Um, so kind of the first year of my PhD, I lived with uh, three nurses who had very set hours. Um, like obviously they worked random shifts, but like they had 12 hour shifts um, and they did four of them a week. And like when they weren't working, like they had time off and like they could do whatever they want. And like, I felt very much like, oh, I should be working like a set amount of time a day to like justify what I'm doing. But that like just isn't really how it works. Like sometimes you have to have really long days because of like the length of a protocol. And other times you just might not have that many tasks to do. Um, and so if I was like counting myself a failure every time I like ran out of things to do and then I didn't work for eight hours that day, um, that's not really how success can be measured. Um, so I think I was getting caught up with the fact that like the number of hours I put in is an easy task, easy way of measuring how well I was doing, but like, I didn't think it was ever outputting to something that was kind of productive or showing me how much I'd grown. And if anything, it just enabled me to like be negative to myself. Um, I don't know what you think of that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do get you. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, and people underestimate the mental toll, I think of like, thinking without doing I don't know I think sometimes stuff just requires a lot of thought going on in the background or just you know actively thinking about stuff and it doesn't feel like you're producing much that's tangible um mm -hmm. uh yet I do feel like you're expending a lot of mental energy uh yeah so I basically get that like the, the amount of mental energy expended is not really measurable especially compared to jobs with set hours and stuff where why yeah their jobs have set hours why would they yeah yeah what if that that is all they have to do really yeah it makes um, you think yeah. I think like yeah because my because it doesn't have a PhD doesn't have set hours it like made me feel like I either was doing way too much or not doing nearly enough um and I like constantly mm. flip between the two but generally I feel like I'm not doing enough um, yeah I mean I would say I also feel the same way with my lit review because I'm really <laughs> yeah it's like two weeks away from the deadline and I am stalling <laughs> in a big yeah. way yeah yeah what have you got Dan as your third thing my third thing is uh don't take yourself too seriously um <laughs> like a big thing for me I think and I think something I learned a lot during my 
master's year just like have fun with your colleagues as well like have a joke have a sense of humor I think a sense of humor is honestly very essential to uh-huh. getting by because otherwise sure. otherwise sure. you'll cry I reckon or at least I know I will <laughs> so um if you can't like yeah there's you know there's a time to be serious absolutely and there's a time you know you need to care about how 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 your work's going you want to you, you need to want to produce good work and be producing good work yeah um but like you know sometimes things are gonna go wrong and sometimes yeah. you're gonna make funny mistakes and that's funny um so I think like having a good being able to have a joke is really really important and um, I possibly lean too far to wanting to have a joke over my master's year uh but yeah um I think it's kind of interesting you say that I think I'm only really just starting to like settle into the rhythm and the humor of my lab I think because we all we were all out of it for so long and I didn't really get to know them in the first five months that well but now like it's like there are some funny running jokes and I do enjoy it a lot more so yeah I think you're right that's such a good one and yeah I'm starting to let my weird out of it with my My third one is a little embarrassing, but it's um, you are not going to be as good at this as you thought. I think just like thinking about the the version of me that was about to start on their PhD, like I had a very, very successful industry year at like a top cancer research facility in America. I'd done a relatively successful project, um, both my supervisor on that undergraduate project and my like PhD student that looked after me on that project like were very like complimentary about me and my work and and how I was in the lab I'd like obviously gotten three offers to do PhDs and I did very very well in my final year at university like graduate of first class honours like I actually got like a 95 in one of my exams in my finals. And so um, I went into it thinking like, I am going to be great at this. Like I was made to do a PhD, like I am good in the lab. Like I had a lot of confidence going in. Like I knew how to read papers. I knew a lot about cell biology. I knew a lot about cancer. Um, and then it like hit me like a ton of bricks, but this is really hard. Um, I don't know what I'm doing um, how am I supposed to learn everything like how am I supposed to present like that in two years time like um, and like actually I found it really difficult and I wasn't very good at it and I think I wish I had been able to like just tell myself like you're good at what you do right now but like a PhD is a different ball game um, and it's okay that it's hard and it's okay that you won't be good at it um, but know that you're not going to be good at it right at the start like because <laughs> um, I think I wish if I had a bit more like of a realistic perspective going in I don't think I would have been so like devastated when I found it really difficult <laughs> like you're laughing at me <laughs> I feel so embarrassed sharing this no I mean no to be fair I actually I do I totally see where you're coming from um it is a completely different ball game and also like you did exceptionally well previously and it's I totally get how like 
you know you're like yeah when you're you're like you're comfortable in that zone right you're like you're in your comfort zone you're like yeah I know what I'm doing here and then you're thrust into this place where you're not actually in your comfort zone mm-hmm. at all um yeah. yeah I think potentially I'm quite different in that respect like I'm not I'm, sure I ever I'm aware it's very much a me problem got my <laughs> I think I think I never really got into my comfort zone in the lab um yeah <laughs> before the so I was I fully went into it expecting it to be the hardest thing and I can confirm it's the hardest thing yeah but like also that hasn't necessarily I'm not sure that's made it any better you know it's going to be hard doesn't doesn't help. change the fact that I'm like this is really really hard maybe like maybe it's not that maybe it's more like I could have been a bit more like self-forgiving when I found it hard like yeah I mean also that right you've got to be kind to yourself I think yeah I think I just wasn't because I was like why are you not thriving like you're in a position where you should be thriving because this is what you've like built your entire life up to doing like mm. Loki, I knew I wanted to do a PhD when I was 17. So like a long old time. I I don't really know, like I just wasn't expecting it to find it as hard as I was. And then because of that, I wasn't ever kind to myself about finding it hard. So mm. I would just like to tell my past self, like, you will find this hard. That's okay. And just be kind yeah. to yourself about it. Um I think I do think I've had similar moments though in terms of like expecting too much of myself um like expecting things to go or like wanting to get things perfect the first time I've ever done a protocol yeah right I'm like I mean it's just not it's just not gonna happen is it like um, because I feel like I'm not the most um what do people say people say like green fingered right (laughs) things go go right like I'm not I'm not that most I'm not that I'm not the most like green finger person in the lab like I don't just do things and they magically work first time unfortunately for me uh, I wish I was that person but I'm not I don't know if anyone is that person um what's your fourth one then now that I've shared my really embarrassing one okay I said help others too with an oh. exclamation mark that's very cute um yeah and yeah, I I'm honestly I'm such a big fan of like sharing stuff and being helpful like that's what at least that's what I want to be and I don't achieve this all the time um and it's so easy to get like a narrow view when you're like uh like oh I can't do this like I you end up only focusing on yourself right yeah yeah. and you know I think it's just for me it just really helps remember like there are other people uh around you know who need help need help with stuff and uh Mm. it's just the kind thing to do right to to put the effort yeah. in and ask if someone needs help or just like I I genuinely do think like remember how you feel right now yeah when the next bunch of PhD students come along or even like other the other people in my cohort like yeah they you can't I don't know I don't go like how do you feel but I, I'm just kind of like oh do you feel the same way <laughs> like I as in like I'm presuming that you know everyone's finding it a bit yeah it's always good to I just feel like it's good to make that that effort to to help people to and not be like you know so protective yeah and I think also as like junior members in your lab you can feel a bit like oh I could never help a postdoc but like actually you can help a postdoc because 
where at least I found this with the computational work that I've done has like put me in a position where like I'm a bit more like have a bit more expertise on some things than even the postdocs in my lab have and I can help them too and not boxing yourself in as like I'm the most junior person in the lab I shouldn't have to help anyone I shouldn't I shouldn't be helping anyone like yeah I think actually you have expertise in an area that means you can help others I do like the idea of helping peer groups as well like our we have a little whatsapp chat for our peer group um and we had to (laughs) we've got two chemists in our group that we're trying to learn that we're trying to learn how to do western blots um and they and so we're like giving them all the tips in the whatsapp chat (laughs) excellent that's cool though that's exactly what it should be like right? yeah exactly I think, like, yeah. No, nothing is ever really done in isolation is it no definitely not collaboration is key yes yeah, share the knowledge share the love yeah that's what i want that's i mean <laughs> at least that's what i want the world a scientific utopia <laughs> of science of science to be to be like right i mean unfortunately I'm very swiftly finding out it's not like that, but you know, um, yeah, um, or at least it's not like that all the time in all circumstances. I'm very yeah. fortunate. I feel like to be experiencing quite a collaborative environment. Yeah, some of the best, some of the best research environment, like one of the best research environments there is actually right now. Um, so my next one that I have is optimizing things feels really slow, boring, and pointless. It is slow, but it's not boring, and it's certainly not pointless. Um, oh, tell us more, Kat. So <laughs> I think, like, I so I keep thinking, like, oh, I don't have any data. Like, I'm a year and a half in, and I don't have any real data. But that's not true. I have, like, lots of little bits of data that show I'm on the right track. Um but it is like it feels like the most boring thing in the world to like be just trying to get protocols to work and optimizing them so you, you're like having you've got the best version of that protocol of what you want to do and then you're using the right antibodies at the right concentrations and like it's so laborious and you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again like I think I did the site of prep process without even putting it down the Helios I think about five times just to try and optimize cell retention through the process um and like my only data from doing that is like cell numbers as I count six times through the day and it just feels like the most boring thing in the world and like optimizing the way I want to grow the organoids and it's like all of this data just like I think it's really boring it just like doesn't really show anything but then when I actually presented it in a lab meeting like a bunch of my colleagues were like oh it was really cool to see how much progress you've made and like it's really interesting that you chose to do those things and how you adapted those conditions and like although it seems boring to you because you're doing the same thing day in day out like the picture and the story that you can then present to others is actually interesting um, and mm. people really like to see optimization because it shows that you thought about the process and you've thought about how to make it work um, and then people inherently trust your like end data more 
I think that's kind of one of the things I wish I'd like known right from the start because I think you can get in your headspace like oh I don't want to spend a year of my life optimizing this but actually there is a purpose to that um and it like links back into that first point right that the PhD is a long game so don't stress out about having to optimize something for a year I think that's very helpful for me to hear because I very much will be (laughs) (laughs) yep if not two three years (laughs) yeah we'll see I think my whole PhD will be optimization at this rate um i mean that's what um one of the people who just left my lab like six months ago like their whole phd was optimizing site off stuff yeah well okay well that makes me that to be fair that that makes me feel a lot better (laughs) it feels like it's just like i have moments where i realize just how big of a task it's going to be and there's the whole like feeling of just what if it doesn't work Mm mm-hmm like I kind of enjoy the fact that it's like feels pretty impossible because you're like, oh, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> but like also the fact that it was just like might not work is very real and very scary. <laughs> yeah, I was talking with um, I met with an older PhD student this week at the institute, and he was telling me how that how much he felt that like even right up to like three months ago when his like big experiment he'd been building up to failed um and he obviously knowing he had like I think he had like nine months left on his PhD and he's like oh my gosh what if this just doesn't work like I spent all this time trying to make this protocol work and then it just didn't work um but like he's now done it again since and it has worked um but like that fear was so real because it's like oh this date is supposed to be the bulk of my thesis and now it's just not working so um but I think also it wouldn't be science if we knew it was going to work like I don't know like but then we'd just be rediscovering things we already know yeah yeah that's true yeah to be fair yeah I don't know I, I also think that's something to be said for like something being shown the same thing being shown in multiple different yeah, ways yeah, and everything sure, but sure. yeah you're you are completely right um yeah it wouldn't be progress it wouldn't be science if everything if we only did things that we knew would work right uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah um have you got any the last one was it with do five like reflect on mistakes mm. like because they'll happen um but don't dwell on them and try not to let them get you down too much like there's value in obviously learning from mistakes and you should reflect on why sort of something's gone wrong if it was expected to work and it just didn't um but like my tendency would be like oh yeah it's me like I've yeah I messed up I'm a terrible scientist I shouldn't be here um and actually you know next time especially if it's something that's like you know a standard protocol and everything Next time, you'll do it better. You'll get to grips with it. Um, especially if you're learning lots at one time, it's very easy yeah. just to, to make silly mistakes. And I think it's just important not to not mm-hmm. to get too down about that. Yeah, like having a measured response to mistakes and failure. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good one. Um, that's what I would tell myself six months ago. All I've learned in the, in the three months I've been in the lab. Look how much you've learned, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we'll see. I need to yeah 
we'll see. I should really write that list of stuff. Yeah. Down, you know. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Like, Measurable progress, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Um, yeah, I've definitely had moments where I've like completely collapsed over the tiniest thing that's gone wrong and like it's just not worth the energy, the emotional energy. Mm. Like learn to have learning to have or even just wanting to cultivate a measured response to failure. I think hopefully I, I'm not there yet, but hopefully like that's something if I if we repeated this experiment in two years time, like yeah, yeah, we'll have actually learned that. But <laughs> mm. I feel like I'm still in the process. Um yeah, well we all are, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I, I definitely am. Can't speak for anyone else, but yeah. Yeah. My last one is you do your best problem solving away from your desk and the lab. So get outside mm. more. Get outside more. Yes, I like it. Um, I think, yeah, it kind of ties back into me, like trying to measure how much work and my success from like the hours that I was putting in. But like if I'm hitting a brick wall with like an experiment or some code, genuinely, I can't recall a time when I've like gone through that went by like staying at work like the way I've gotten through problems is by going for a walk or going for a bike ride or like pre pre-covid like going to the pub and doing a pub quiz like when you come I back I can't wait to do that again yeah like I don't know something about having space from a problem your brain just figures it out in the background like you don't have to do hours of sitting there and banging your head against the computer your innate brain for problem solving like can do it um whether that's like an experiment like in the wet lab or like some code I don't know I've just found or even like with my lit review when I couldn't figure out how I wanted to transition from like point like a to point b I kind of like was like well that's the problem I don't know the answer and just like take a step away and not think about it for a bit I know it's a bit hard when you've got a deadline but I definitely found that to be the case um at least for me so I guess I am trying to do experiments at the same time which is helping me mm-hmm. to like step away from a bit I mean I still don't know how I'm gonna get the structure right but I just have to hope that comes to me in the next week <laughs> it's not the end of the world if you don't either because it's it's not like they kick you off the program if your lit review isn't very good like yeah it's just more me wanting it to be good yeah right? exactly. it's me like being like I want to actually hand in a piece of work that I'm like yeah. I can hand that yeah. in whereas right now I don't really feel like it's something I can yeah. hand in and be like happy with I just hate that feeling of like handing something in that you're not particularly happy with yeah but sometimes that is just the fact of life <laughs> on that note <laughs> shall we wrap it up Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. Links to our Twitter and email in the show notes. So feel free to contact us with topic suggestions or any other comments you might have. Sound production and design is by Josh Keeper. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back soon with another episode of Unfiltered Tips. Bye. What we do here is go back, 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 back.